Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome everybody back to the show. Today on the podcast, we're gonna be talking about what it means to live a better life when you feel lost or unfulfilled in life. My guest today is Karen Sue Kwan, a spiritual life coach, and I'm just very excited to have this wonderful conversation with you today. Hi, good morning, it's Karen, and I'm happy to be here too. It's really exciting, it's something different, so I look forward to it. Yeah, your first podcast, awesome. So I wanted to maybe start with um, your story. I think people love to hear other people's stories mm -hmm. um, so that they can either see if they relate or see if, if things are different, you know, mm -hmm. they might be able to get some pearls of, you know, wisdom. So, you know, tell us about, tell us your story. So I think maybe I'll start off with the story right at the beginning. I mean, not right at the beginning of my life, but um, because the theme is about feeling unfulfilled, I think that's a very common and universal um, feeling that we all have. And at first I was thinking when you were asking me about speaking about unfulfillment, it's not necessarily a sense of sadness, but unfulfillment to me was this feeling that there was more to life, but what that more um, looks like, I had no idea. Uh, I think it started more after I had children, right? I think a lot of mothers can relate to this, um, that once we have children, we're all like devoting our whole lives to the kids and, and um, you focus so much on the children that you really don't, um, or at least I didn't really focus on myself at all. I think back upon those days where um, I barely fed myself nutritionally, didn't exercise, um, and there was no sense of self in that place. And so going through that period, I knew um, as much as I love being a mom, uh, I had uh, feelings of there's probably more to life than just being a mom, but I didn't know what that more looked like. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, similarly as a, as a mom as well, you know, you get kind of wrapped up mm -hmm. in uh, helping them along their journey. And, you know, for me, it was like, I want to make sure I'm the best version of myself. So, you know, that's when I really started working on my own self to be like, okay, I, I think I can do better and be better and understand myself better so that I can share that with with my children. Yes, absolutely. Like I, there's that period of time, probably in the 30s, from what I recall, that your whole focus is and your whole life is centered around the kids. Um, and then there's a lot of time that you're going for coffee dates or tea dates with friends or, you know, shopping with your friends. But after a while, there's only so much coffee dates and, and shopping um, that I, you know, didn't find as much enjoyment anymore. So probably during my 40s, uh, early 40s, I really started to reflect of how, where is my life going? Because um, I've, as I've mentioned to you, I work in the intensive care unit and being in the ICU, you're kind of faced uh, uh, at the edge of life and death all the time. And so it's a constant reminder that life is limited and precious. And so it really made me look at my own life too that if this is my one life to live, um, what was I gonna fill it with beyond just parenting? Uh, because I know my kids are gonna grow up uh, and that type of thing, so what else is gonna come into my life? Uh, and I had no idea at that point. So that's probably my early 40s. Mm. And mid 40s is when I started to explore. So yeah. maybe tell us a little bit about, well, what kinds of things were you exploring? Uh, you know, yeah. uh, obviously you're a spiritual life coach mm -hmm. now, but your journey didn't start necessarily 
there. So what mm-hmm. kinds of things were you looking into? You know, how, what were you searching for? Mm-hmm. At that point, I had no idea what I was searching for. <laughs> it was, um, I remember when the kids were like middle grade, like grade seven, eight or high school, um, that uh, they didn't need mommy around as much. And at that time, I was working part-time uh, at Sick Kids, and I worked Mondays and Tuesdays. So I had the rest of the week available, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which I used to fill it up with uh, taking care of like school stuff, being the class parent, going on trips with them, that type of thing. But suddenly with that open space, it gave me that opportunity to start seeing what is it that uh, I want to fill it with. and. One of the first things that I did was reflect back on my childhood. And during my childhood and in the school years, elementary school years, uh, I was always very interested in art, right? As well as in the math and sciences. So strong in math and science and strong in the arts. Um, But as going through pharmacy, I kind of went through the math and science route. So I always felt this feeling that maybe there was something in the creative side that I had not explored yet. So one of the first things that I did during that uh, mid-40s was I went back to school and I took the interior design courses at Sheridan. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, I was living in Richmond Hill at the time and the uh, part-time interior decorating courses were in Oakville. So I would drop off the kids in Richmond Hill, drive all the way to Oakville, take all the courses, come back. And I did that for several years, taking all the interior design courses. And I loved it, uh, and I used it to you know, design my own home. But I knew also that I didn't want to do it as a business because interior design, the final product looks really beautiful and creative in that, but behind the scenes, it's a lot of detail and microscopic dissection <laughs> of that needs to be done, yeah. right? So um, from that, the interior design gave me that perspective of seeing life through the lens of beauty and different perspectives. And the next thing that showed up in my life, because I was open to all this creative things, is that someone call, a friend of mine called and asked me if I wanted to write in a book, uh, a collaboration book um, with my daughter to write a chapter in a book. And I could hear my ego voice say, but you're not a writer, Karen. You didn't even do very well in English. But there was something that was pulling at me too, saying like, maybe take a look at that and, uh, and uh, you know, meet the person that's putting the book together. It was a parent and teen book. So my daughter and I did end up uh, writing a book, uh, writing a chapter in a book. Uh, called uh, Stepping Out of Your Shadow and Into Your Light. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so that's the name of the chapter. Yes. Okay, what's the name of the book? The name of the book was... Uh, okay. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's been a number of years ago. Uh, That's okay. If, if if it comes to mind later, we'll put it in the show notes in case you know people are interested to to explore that. Okay. Um, so don't worry about okay. you know focusing <laughs> okay. energies on uh, storing, trying to recollect that memory. Right. Okay. So you wrote this chapter in the book. Yeah. And then another friend had come over to my home one day and saw that chapter book, and she really liked. It and asked me to create another book uh, for her husband. And um, so I took on that project as well, where it was a project about creating like a legacy book for her husband, where I would, uh, I was sent to do interviews with people in his life. So his parents, his friends, and, and they were from all around the world, right, from Paraguay or Japan. And it was such an interesting project because I had never done anything like that. And in that process, I really uh, learned that I love to interview and hear people's stories, kind of like what you're doing right now, right? I loved um, hearing other people's stories. And I loved um, hearing about the impact that another person had on someone else. Exactly. Right? Because I've always felt that You know, we often speak um, about the stories and the impact of a person at a funeral. And I often wonder, like, I wonder if that person ever knew, you know, how this person uh, felt about them or how this person uh, was impacted by them. 
by all the experiences that happen between two individuals. So that really gave me some perspective about the impact that we have on one another in life. And so there were a couple of times I, I created legacy books for people that wasn't just simply um, talking about their achievements, but really more about the emotional impact that we have on one another. Because when I think back uh, in the childhood, I was more interested in upbringing. Um, I was interested in how they overcame obstacles. And once they got to a point of achievement, I wasn't as interested in the achievement part, but more the being state as opposed to the doing states. Right. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So you started writing with no yes. writing experience. No, writing. no, I had to figure out how to put the book together, right? Now that you have everything on these Word documents um, and then putting the pictures together, how do you put the book together? So I would research online and I created these kind of coffee table type books that were about 200 pages and offered them as presents for people. That's amazing. So. I, I remember for, I think it was my mom's 50th birthday. Uh -huh. I'm not exactly sure, but probably her 50th birthday because that's kind of one of those numbers yes. um, that I kind of created a scrapbook for her. And oh. it was like a big book for her to like put out. And I remember cutting out different pictures of, you know, me and my sister and family and putting it all, you know, all together as a gift to give her as a, you know, as a memory, like that she can look back and, and think about those good moments. And you're right, you know, we reflect on people's lives and death, but, mm -hmm. you know, do we reflect enough while They're we're alive. here, while yes. we're alive, right? That's right, to take those moments to, because we're creating memories moment by moment. And because of that legacy book experience, even though the ego in my mind would say, you know, you're not a writer, but your soul is telling you, try it right see what comes out of it don't be attached to the outcome and from the life books I realized I love uh, listening to people's stories and then I would start telling people about the venture and how I love listening to people's stories and the power that uh, that everybody's story has like everyone has their own unique story and how we can learn from each other's life stories and from that um, another venture started to be created in my basement called Life Chats. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay, I'm, I'm loving this story. There's like a nice continuum happening. Yeah. It's amazing. Life Chats um, really just came out of um, curiosity and speaking to friends and um, even people in my neighborhood that were close friends as well too. And so there was, I think, five or six of us that we came together to cultivate this idea of life chats where uh, we would listen to each other's story and, and notice a theme in that person's story and the energy of that person and what they really had to offer um, to the rest of the world if somebody wanted to listen to the story. And then we also had a life coach uh, invited into this group as well, too, who could take the, the theme of the story and create the experiential exercises for the audience. So then we had to bring audience into my basement, have them listen to each person's life story and get a life coaching type of exercises to apply the theme of the story to their own lives. So some of the themes that showed up in life chats was uh, the first one was like finding your gift to give. The second one was about the I am statement. Yeah. The third one was about gratitude. And the last one was about love. And these were like the l stories of the local women around me that we really cultivated the essence of their story. And they didn't even realize that they had a story. Um, and it was taking people's experiences and seeing uh, the lessons from it. And the coach did an amazing job creating exercises for uh, the people that came to listen and started to apply it in their own lives and started to see little transformations going on in people's lives. And so that was the first introduction to what uh, the deeper meaning of life was to me. 
and also showed me what life coaches do as well too. I was just gonna say, <laughs> and bringing in the life coaching, right. you know, that th there's your first exposure to that. That was my okay. first exposure. I mean, I had a, a prior exposure to life coaching and that was through my sister-in-law who was a life coach. But it was always more hearing uh, about her experience. So I would remember asking, so exactly what is life coaching? And, you know, my sister-in-law would try to explain it to me. Uh, but it still kind of remained in my mind, uh, the, the concept of it. But it wasn't until I was actually a participant in life coaching that I had my own embodied experience and the impact of myself, on, like on myself. And I thought, wow, this is really amazing. So that's what led me to uh, life coaching. So, okay, so you had this experience with these group of women exploring uh, various um, topics in, in life. You decide, so that's sort of when you decided to go into life coaching. So how did, like, how do you become a life coach? How does that work? <laughs> okay, that was a great question. So life coaching, I remember going into it thinking, okay, maybe I'll just go and learn some tools. Like if I want to explore life coaching, maybe I should learn about some tools on how to do it. And so after exploring different programs, I decided to go with the Coach Training Institute or CTI. It's a life coaching institute uh, that's live in person in Toronto because I knew I didn't want something online. I wanted something in person. And um, so I trained with CTI and you know how I said initially I went into it just to learn some tools. Yes. But it wasn't about the tools. It was so much learning about myself <laughs> and so much unfolding about myself, about the fears that were inside me, about the challenges, about the, um, you know, the deeper aspects of myself that I didn't even know was there. Uh, even emotions. Um, as I, I told you at the beginning that uh, I work uh, in the intensive care unit as a pharmacist and, you know, when you have that role, you're professionally trained not to show too much emotion because people would always ask me, you know, how do you handle it when uh, uh, like a child dies, right? And I think part of it is that, you know, through your training, you learn to hold it in. But in the Coach Training Institute or CTI, the life coaching, a lot of emotions started to come forward. And even like talking about it, I can feel it again. And it was really quite incredible to shed a lot of tears in CTI and, and feel the emotions that I had suppressed for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I think we have become really good as a society to take those emotions and hold them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would, you know, I would suspect that, you know, a lot of our troubles stem from that because it's energy that isn't moving through us and it gets lodged within our bodies um, that then, you know, can have all sorts of different uh, consequences, whether it's good or bad emotions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't, and I was just trying to think, you know, we don't really have an outlet for learning how to move the energy through. Absolutely. Right? You're and it's hard right. to do it by yourself. That's right. Because it's scary and it's and it can be painful. That's right. And That's so right. we want to avoid it. That's right. So you put it aside and you move on in life. You get busy. And you get busy, but the energy is still there. Or you may not even pay attention to it and until, you know, headaches happen or tightness in your neck happens or, you know, your bowels start to change like your body starts to speak to you in different ways and at first it's easy just to take a Tylenol and get rid of the headache or that type of thing and I mean people always ask me so how do you do it with medication you're a pharmacist but then you have this other side that's like non-medication and I will say to them that medication does play a role um, especially in acute situations I, I'd say like if if we've hurt ourselves or, you know, chopped off a finger, you know, medications is a great uh, therapeutic option. But when it comes to stress or suppressed emotion or anxiety or that type of thing, sometimes it's 
there are so many other options, you know, and Madeline, you and I have talked about a lot of this before. And there are so many other things that we need to explore in our in our health, the whole health, the health yeah. of our mind, body and, and soul. And so through life coaching, um, there was a epiphany that happened in my life coaching uh, courses that really shook me to my core. And uh, I'll, I'll share this with you because the exercise was for us to explore about our dreams. And uh, I was, we were matched up in pairs and my partner was a 28 year old PhD student. She didn't really know me, I didn't really know her. We sat next to each other and we had to talk about our dreams. And so I started sharing with her about, about my dream and then she said to me, Karen, you know, I, I hear your desire. Yeah, I hear your, uh, your, you have such big vision and such big ideas uh, for where you want to go in life. But I also hear fear, right? And I want you to close your eyes. And so I closed my eyes. And then she said to me, I'm going to take all, like, take all that fear and bring that to your heart center. Imagine that your fear is up in your head, down in your toes. And bring all that fear down into the heart area. So I imagined that and I did that. And then she said, I'm gonna take that fear out from your heart and pull it out. And because I'm such a visual person, I could imagine this fear coming out from my heart. And in my mind's eye, I saw the, the letters F-E-A-R, fear. And I saw like two arms that came out from the, the word fear and it was like kicking and screaming, right? And she took the fear, this word fear, and she said, I'm gonna put it in a cage next to me, right? So I imagined this little like bird's cage next to her and she put the word fear inside it. And then she said, I'm going to lock this cage and with a key and I'm gonna throw the key down into the ground between us. And so in my mind, I could hear her lock it and throw the key on the ground and I could see the word fear trapped inside the bird's cage and this is all going on inside my mind and then something started to happen uh, I started to see a little bit of a light coming in my like if, if you imagine your eyes like closing your eyes and it's all black and all dark but I saw like a pin needle of a light but then that pin needle started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that light started to grow in diameter. And it also had the sensation that it was moving up a tube, like towards me. And I felt like this light was coming up this tube that was probably my body, like as if I was looking inside my body. And yeah. I could imagine the light coming up inside my body, up towards me as if my body was filled with water, like coming up, rising higher and higher. And I, re I remember seeing this light come right up to my neck and I thought, oh my God, I'm gonna drown in this light. And I felt this, um, uh, like, kind of scared that I'm actually gonna drown in my own light. This is crazy, right? But I submerged underneath my light, underneath the light, Kind of like Titanic, you know, when <laughs> when he drowns underneath, he goes Except underneath. Except maybe a little less dramatic. And not less dramatic. And then the light um, shoots out from the top of my head and um, and lights this uh, torch that I happen to be holding in my mind's eye, as if I was like the Statue of Liberty. And then I would take that lit up torch and light up the person that was sitting or that was next to me. And I could see in my mind's eye the light emerging and growing within them in their translucent body. And that would shoot up from that them and light the next person. And then it just, that light kept hopping from person to person and lit up the whole view in front of me, almost like you know, like the Raptor Stadium, where you see all the different, yes, you know, yeah, lights. All it, the lights. It, it looked like that. And it was so massive amount of light that the the visual of it, it really shook me to my core. And and um, 
and dropped me to my knees and I was crying and crying because I remember asking in my head like this is what unconditional love is when we let go of fear right when the fear is gone we're just replaced by this pure beautiful light that is unconditional about unconditional love and is this what I'll just use the word God (laughs) or creator or whoever um, wanted for all of us that this is what's possible in this world when we let go of fear. And, And just that visual of it in my mind's eye was so powerful that it changed the whole trajectory of my life. And from that point on, because of that 28 year old student, I have, um, I have made it my mission to move towards that and to uh, talk about it, teach about it, become a spiritual life coach about it because of that uh, changing moment in my life about um, letting go of fear and and replacing it and allowing the inner light um, that represents the love that's within us all to emerge and to offer it from a place of abundance to other people. What a beautiful story, and I, I, I appreciate you sharing, you know, how you, you know, your experience of how you came to know that, and I think it's important that, you know, when we're looking for those big answers, it's especially important to, to be able to quiet ourselves, mm-hmm. to be able to go into ourselves, and I think certainly closing, you know, as a meditator, mm-hmm. closing your eyes, mm-hmm. big part of, you know, reducing the sensory you know, input so that you can be quiet enough to allow the energy or the voices or the whatever it is, something deep within us to mm-hmm. speak and, and guide us down down the right path. And mm-hmm. I appreciate, you know, kind of hearing, you know, step by step how that visual went for, went for you. Because mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, it can be hard to bring your own self mm-hmm. into that space mm-hmm. but when somebody's guiding you mm-hmm. to visualize and and be creative that you know i think magic yes. can happen there right yes um yes and um i want to share also like our the next step because all of a sudden i realized okay now i have this kind of i i know i want to do life coaching but i also have this pharmacy hat on I have these two roles, Monday, Tuesday, pharmacy, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, something else. Now, now what, right? It's always that next, like, now what? And it's funny that sometimes the universe just drops things into your lap without you really seeking for it because you don't even know it exists out there for you. And um, my sister-in-law had given me this book called Mind Over Medicine by Dr. Lisa Rankin. And I read it like within one afternoon and I was so devoured by it that my husband said, why don't you search up Dr. Lisa Rankin to see if she has a program? So I did. And sure enough, she had a program in California called Whole Health Medicine Institute. And something compelled me to fly down there. So I did. I flew down there with another friend. And it was the first time that in this space in California, she had doctors, nurses, physio, (laughs) pharmacists, but she also had spiritual healers, energy healers, psychologists, teachers, channelers, um, bioenergy practitioners. Like she had all of them together in one space, in one room where she really talked about whole health and the health from the Eastern practices, the spiritual practices, the Western practices, and looking at the health of our mind, body, and soul, but very much driven more towards that spiritual place because she brought in like the music and meditation and really powerful uh, moments. And it was the first time I thought, oh my goodness, like it's about, it's not just simply about the roles of being a pharmacy or, or coach but it's who we are as human beings right there's so many different dimensions of ourselves that we think that we're um, we exist behind our roles or as labels of what we do but the essence of who we are lies in beyond all those labels so she really touched us at that human level of what makes um, me different than 
than you or somebody else. And so I came back from that realizing that I needed to start sharing these kind of awarenesses and, and creating opportunities for other people to explore just like I did. And so from that we started, uh, my friend that had gone down with me to California, we started to bring back and create whole health uh, medicine workshops for people here in Oakville. And because this was like back in the early 40s, so about 10 years ago when, you know, I don't think meditation was as like practice as it is, as it is now. Um, you mean in your early 40s, not in yeah, 1940s. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, I was not. like, the 40s, 10 years ago, I'm like, wow, we're, we're 40, I wasn't being I here. wasn't born yeah. yet, yeah. not in this lifetime. Yeah. No, no, I just wanted to clarify yeah. that it's not in 1940, but in her early 40s. Yeah, yeah, so I've just disclosed my age to like 10 years ago. And, um, or maybe it was mid 40s, somewhere around there. And, and we started to uh, bring about these topics back to Oakville. And, and that just opened up this desire to keep creating, keep teaching, um, and, and keep working with people. Because around um, this last five years or so, it felt like people were struggling more and more. Or maybe because we opened the, the portal to talk about these things, more and more people kept coming forward to really share about what was happening in their own authentic life. Not just, hey, how's it going? Or what's happening? What's happening with your kids? But really, you know, what is happening at their deeper level? And um, at that time, like I noticed uh, in the hospitals, also like there were a growing number of people that were coming in to the ICU. It seemed like all my colleagues would say the same thing. There's more and more patients. There are more and more complex. Um, what is going on? A lot of teens coming in with uh, attempted suicides. You know, when I first started working, it was like occasionally one. And nowadays, it seems like every week there's that there's one or two, right? Every week it's like a normal, it's like a pneumonia coming in, but it's it's more than that. So I knew something was going on out there in society, and you know, you're starting to hear it all over in the education systems, right? Teachers are talking about their struggles that they're having with the kids in the classroom. You know, in business, like there's more and more stress in the corporate world too. There's more stress in the educational world. Definitely there's more stress in healthcare, more stress at home. And as a parent, it just became like a, a virus that is rampant and taken over the world, right? Or at least that's how it felt like in, in, in my perspective. And so um, Sick Kids started to bring in some of the things that I had been, uh, I've been fortunate to experience down in California, but they started to bring in like mindfulness and compassion training for the healthcare workers. And so that's where I continue to uh, have these opportunities to, to learn deeper about that and um, doing the courses through Sick Kids and their liaison um, partners as well too. So it became a deeper practice of two, three day silent retreats, that type of thing. Um, being taught by palliative care physicians was very insightful too, to see what life is really about, what death is like, um, to have these kind of deeper discussions that always seem to have that spiritual um, element to it. So that's how I kind of went from life coaching to the whole health, to the mindfulness, to the spiritual parts. And, and um, I would say the spiritual part, it just naturally progressed to that deeper state. And I found myself more interested in reading you know, more the spiritual type of books, listening to the, you know, Soul Conversations with Oprah podcasts. Um, the, even my conversations with my friends were all more of that spiritual nature. It's interesting that my group of friends, we all went on this journey together and, and um, most of them become life coaches or spiritual coaches themselves. So we were all on this journey together. Uh, 
definitely you know shifted the way I um, interacted with my children with my husband it opened up those kinds of conversations that were of that deeper nature so my kids know that uh, if it has something to do with how to fix something they go to my husband <laughs> right how to pay bills they go to my husband and if it comes to the you know the the emotional parts or the deeper soulful parts they come to mummy so it's a it's a role or a path that I've been on that has been very insidious and ongoing um, and has continued to foster in that way uh, I, I say now I probably don't read as much of the books anymore because um, I remember there was a stage where I read so much and listened to so much and then I recognize that the books and podcasts were that person's perspective, that person's um, experience of life that they were wanting to share. And um, you hear a lot of universal messages when you, when you, you know, uh, go into those personal development and self-help or spiritual development type of books and lots of universal messages. So you know that there's a lot more that's in common amongst all of us, even though we have our unique differences. We also have our universal um, aspects of our being that is so in common that we can relate to one another. And and so I started to realize that I needed to uh, write my own story and write out my own experiences. And I got this download once while I was in the shower and all these lessons came into mind that I've always been talking about with my kids. And my husband has always been encouraging to me to write out all these things rather than just telling him. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like, write it down. Write it down, write it down. And I'd be like, I forget what I said to you. <laughs> and so eventually um, it all came out. I spelled it all out like on a list and there were 52 topics. So I decided to call it 50 lessons in 50 years because by this point I was 50 years old. So I just had all those 50 topics and every day or whenever I felt compelled to, I would write out the, the lesson that I learned that life had taught me um, that would be structured in a way that's a little bit about the lesson and then sharing my own personal story about the lesson and then tips and tools for the person reading it so that they can have their own experience because I never want to tell someone how they should live life. It's not my role to do that. Yeah. And uh, for them to begin to find their own answers, just like I was asked the questions for me to find my own answers. And so it, it became a book that uh, I put together and passed on to my kids as a legacy book. I haven't released it to the public yet. Maybe someday that I will do that. I just have to figure out how to do that publishing route. <laughs> Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and yeah. It, you know, I, I love um, that you said, you know, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Mm -hmm. I'm here to share my story mm -hmm. and give you tips and tricks so that you can go into your own self-discovery journey. And I think that's really what I'm aiming for with this podcast, yeah. right? I want people to hear other people's stories. Yeah. And you know, learn about different resources that people use, different things that people tried, and, and just sort of gather some information so that they can go on and explore and live their own better life. Yes, yes. I find it's so easy for us to ask other people, what should I do? Or, you know, how, what choice should I, like, it's learning to trust ourselves. And even if it's not completely trusting of ourselves yet to take that step and in that step I think we learn something about ourselves uh, and not be attached to the outcome of it because um, when we're attached to the outcome we see it as failure or success uh, whereas when we are just willing to take a step um, try it out and see what we gained from it or what we learned about ourselves from it uh, we always get insight just like for me when I shared with you my interior decorating story no I didn't become an interior uh, decorator but I learned this parts about myself and I learned that I don't like the micro detail about myself so you always learn something about yourself 
by having the experience to put yourself in. And um, it's, that's why I tell my kids that they don't need to figure out what it is that they're going to be one day. I think there's so much pressure for us to find um, exactly what we're going to be right or to have their passion or that kind of thing you know I heard from one um, podcast I think it was um, uh, let me think it's, it's going to come to me um, it'll come to me later but she was saying that 90% of people actually don't know their passion and maybe only 10% people do but there is this need to find your passion and I think it's more, if we don't, aren't in that 10%, it's just about being curious and being open and taking that one little step at a time. And in those steps is you, you grow and, and find a little piece about yourself that you didn't know. And life is sometimes meant to be a mystery. Right? Absolutely, right? <laughs> if we knew all the answers coming, yeah. it wouldn't be very exciting. Yeah, right? 10 years ago, I didn't think that I'd be sitting here doing a podcast with you, right? I didn't even know what a podcast was, right? So you never know where life um, takes us. And I think that's the mystery of it and the, the beauty of it to keep it open and to keep it un, un, unknown if you want. There is no... Um, there is no right way to live life and there's no wrong way to live life. It's just being, um, it's just to live life in full acceptance of what is showing up around us. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, again, you touch on some really, you know, good points and they certainly speak to me as, uh, you know, being becoming a physio, doing this podcast, running a YouTube. Like there is no way if I was looking back 10 years ago that I would even consider doing that, right? Because that means I actually have to step out in public and right. I actually have to put myself out there. And right. I was choosing not to do that because of fear. Right. Um, and I guess my turning point into stepping into the unknown yes. was um, was a book called The War of Art, mm. um, Fighting Your Creative Battles. I can't remember the exact sort of subtext to it, but, mm. uh, but it was all about, you know, the resistance within us to mm. not do the thing that we want to do. Mm. And it was when I read that book and I was pregnant at the time and I was like, you know, I really want to do some videos about pregnancy. Mm. And I'm like... 27 weeks in and I'm like if I don't do this now this may you know I don't know if I'm gonna have kids again and and it just seems so appropriate to do pregnancy related videos while I'm pregnant so I read the book and I was like you know what I'm just gonna do it I'm not gonna worry about if I get it 100% right, right. Um, I'm just gonna put the content out there and see you know kind of what happens and then you know here we are doing a you know doing a podcast again never thought that I would be putting myself out there in this way. Uh, but had I tried to plan it and control it, I don't know that I would be sitting here today. That's right. Isn't it amazing? When it's, <laughs> it's totally amazing. And, and, and interestingly, um, I've had a few friends comment that they've listened to the podcast and they're like, you have a really great podcasting voice. And I always like, when I listen to recordings of myself, I'm like, Ooh, that's what I sound like. And, and so, you know, we, when you get feedback um, and you you know you reflect on it and you're like, wow, I really enjoy interviewing people. I enjoy hearing their stories and helping them share their stories. Um, and okay, you know, I sound all right. So like, let's just keep going, right? <laughs> because your intention is there. It's coming from your heart, right? That heart pl place is like pulling you to do something like this and it's our ego mind it's like the thoughts that show up in our mind which i, I sometimes label the ego because it arrives from more of our mind our, our head space that says all these things like oh i don't have a good um interviewing voice or i can't write or you know i didn't do well in english who am i to what you know all those things that show up in our mind is so much more externally influenced, right? Because it's it's externally, um, those sensorial things are taken in and they all arrive to the brain part, right? We, the five senses or six sense or whatever senses we have, they arrive to that brain part. So uh, our, our mind is much more, not purely our own, 
right? But the heart, where I feel like our soul is more residing in our heart space or our guts, the, 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 the body areas are you know, below the neck, it's, it's much more pure, um, uh, less tainted by what is going on in our mind. So mm-hmm. it's taken me a while to arrive like there was that tug of war going on before between what our mind is saying and what our heart is longing for us to do. But now it's it's arriving more towards my heart to uh, let the heart be the guide in, in um, determining what my next step is. So more heart-led. Uh, truly, I start to notice what it, my heart is saying. And if that feels strong, then I, I know I need to do that. Even though my head is saying, no, 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 no. You don't you guys, what about this? What about that? What about that? And how much will it cost? And all of that. Yeah, exactly, right? right? The, the, and, and that's, you know, well, in the book, uh, The uh, War of Art, you know, he taught, that, that's what they would sort of label as uh, resistance, yes. right? Ego resistance, right. you know, different names for, for different different people but yeah we have a lot of internal chatter um, that can sometimes drown well not sometimes it does drown out what we're what our body and what our deeper self is really calling for that's right right and I I think uh, you know with like love and and um, love is that vibration like if we really see everything as energy and vibration um, there is sometimes no inner or outer world because we're just simply a whole bunch of vibration that's going on. And, and so we feel that those vibrations. We feel one another and, and we may get these chills or sensations that are showing up or tension or anything that these are signs uh, or something for us to listen to and pay attention to as well too because that's maybe our soul speaking to us because it doesn't speak to us maybe through thought or um, through words but it will speak to us through sensations so sometimes when I get a chill running up my my leg I know oh that hit me hard <laughs> uh, that that's something I need to pay attention to so oh. it's kind of like using those other languages that are happening within us to pay attention to as well too, not just in our minds. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we're, uh, it's interesting to see this shifting um, within the medical community towards this, you know, mind, body, uh, like trying to connect the two because for so long mm. it's been so disconnected, right? Mm-hmm. And and we've become so fearful mm-hmm. of the sensations in our body mm-hmm. that like whether good or bad, we're cutting all of it off. Yes. Wh- whether through numbing, busyness, like, you know, all sorts of various activities that people can engage in to not feel um and i think that's probably one aspect of why so many people are suffering mm-hmm. yes because of that disconnect yes yes i i agree with you because i think our you know when i think back about education we put kind of a little, little bit more emphasis on math and science and more the cognitive activity so the cognitive activities keeps us more in our mind. So we practice over and over again, staying in our mind, right? But when I think back, I, I love to draw. Like I could spend hours drawing. And I remember being asked by the teacher to stop drawing <laughs> and get to work. <laughs> but I was always daydreaming. I, I, as a natural, the natural side of Karen is to daydream is to stare up at the clouds or wonder what trees felt, you know, wonder if trees felt like that they were stuck and they wanted to move, but they couldn't. Like I had these, you know, what I think society would consider strange thoughts, but um, that was my nature is to wonder, to be curious. Imagination. To, to imagination. And I think we don't allow as much time for those kind of things because we're so uh, caught up in this, um, in this uh, hamster wheel of do, 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 task, 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 get things done, um, marks, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, school grades. School grades, that type of thing, that we leave very little room and space just to be still and just to imagine and to dream and to create because there's a real richness in that space as well, too, that uh, we may not always have that time 
or energy to live in that space um, because we're caught up in the doing and less in the being. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I want to maybe talk about is um, a little bit of, you know, what you do specifically, like, um, you know, people may be interested uh, in learning more uh, about exploring these topics. Um, so I thought maybe you could maybe talk about how you offer help to others who are seeking those answers. Okay. Uh, For sure. I would say where the practice has been uh, at this moment, and it's always evolving, as you know, as you can see about the pattern of my life, (laughs) is that um, I do work with people individually. And in that individual, everyone, I don't have the set um, program that you have to go through. It's more I listen to the person's story, and I'm responding to them in that moment. And so I do work with people individually that's coming from all kinds of backgrounds. Um, they can be like young. I, I, I think my youngest person I've worked with is a 10-year-old, and they can be more senior, uh, but young at heart. Right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> young at heart that, that are in the 70s. And so age isn't really a factor for me because I see beyond the age and into the essence of the human, the human being that's sitting right in front of me. I see the human being's life, I mean, their, their light that is within them, and I can tell when I'm speaking where their ego is speaking to me, right? And I'm, and I'm going um, um, below their ego and really trying to reach to their soul part and, and drawing that out more and helping them to, to uh, notice when it is their ego speaking to them and when is it that is their soul that is speaking to them. So I work with uh, people one-on-one. I tend to meet with them about once a month for about 10 months, although some have continued on longer. So it it seems like it's like once you establish that relationship, it's an ongoing relationship. Um, And then there are the soul tribes, which are smaller groups of about two to four. And it creates that intimacy of um, being able to help one another and of uh, hearing each other's you know journeys and um, but keeping it small enough that they feel safe and um, trusting of their the, their soul sisters or their soul tribe because they're exploring that deeper sense of self and sometimes in that exploration there needs to be that vulnerability or that authenticity coming forth so it, those are the small groups um, that happen in my home. And then I've been you know, creating workshops, as you know, uh, the Embers workshops that are larger, about 10 to, you know, we, we won't turn down anybody, <laughs> but uh, it's an outdoor space in, my, um, in the person that I'm working with. It's in her backyard out in, um, right down by the 16 mile creek area so it's really beautiful there and it's an opportunity to explore more defined topics but that are universal so it might not be as opportunity to explore just your own story but in the universal topics such as i think we went through stillness we've gone through harmony we're going to talk about perseverance uh, gratitude love joy and reverence these universal topics and loving to create the coaching type of experiences for people to explore on their own. Um, Those are the bigger group workshops. And just at a stage in my life that opportunities to speak about this stuff, I enjoy doing that. Uh, I'm going to be, I've been asked to speak on the Bahamas on an island (laughs) in Nassau or something like that on on a beach. So it's, it's anything that, um, that um, presents an opportunity to talk about these aspects of life that I feel life is so precious and so limited, and I'm willing to go into those deeper aspects uh, with anyone um, and to really reach people at their heart level and to bring those type of topics uh, up forward 
Um, I'm also, you know, connected to another world that's more related to um, the universal world that we can't see. And so it's more me being a student of these kind of teachers. So people that are connected to their spirit guides or channelers, that type of thing. Um, so that's my ongoing journey for myself is to learn more about and connect more to that energetic uh, world that's beyond this physical mm. human world, right? To continue to explore in the, at that cosmic level to not just this universe, but uh, all the other universes that could possibly explore uh, uh, exist. So that's like, it's, it's like you can go very deep and very macroscopic. Like yeah. imagine yourself up in the sky, looking down at your little planet down there. And what do you see, right? I, uh, I love exploring from that macroscopic viewpoint as well as the microscopic viewpoint. How does it feel inside your fingers or your toes? So anything in between. It's interesting. I just finished watching on Netflix um a show called One Strange Rock, which I think you will Ooh, enjoy. So okay. the uh, narrator's Will Smith. Okay. And they got eight eight of the astronauts. Ah, so literally, as you're describing it. that, yes. I'm like, that is that show. They yes. are like talking about looking at life yes. from space. Yes. And then they get down to like the microscopic bacteria and yes. how it evolved yes. to turn us into who we are and I how everything's interconnected. So if, if, if that resonates Absolutely. with you, that is, um, it's called One Strange Rock, okay. uh, really, really great uh, right. series on Netflix, which was really enjoyable to, yeah. to I, watch. I so. love the bandwidth that I can stretch, like an elastic band that never, that never breaks, like stretch me as much as possible because there's such a richness in seeing how, how, how far we can go and, um, yeah, this stuff I could talk nonstop about um, all. <laughs> well, well, maybe you know we'll, we'll we'll probably have other versions okay. later. You know, later in time uh, for the show. So, yeah. where can people learn about your programs? Like, where can they find this information? Website, Facebook. Okay. Where do they go? Well, because I'm on a journey, just like everybody else's. My website is not up to par so i wouldn't i wouldn't go there i would just say look up karen suokwan coaching uh, on instagram or on facebook um, if we're not friends already and um, you can connect with me that way through the facebook messenger and and then we can continue our conversations through the messenger and then through email and um, and then i'll share like my cell phone number and we begin that conversation Somehow, I feel like if this is speaking with you and you feel like this is resonating, um, reach reach out because I'm here to deliver or to help those that are that are seeking this kind of thing. And I just know that the universe somehow energetically um, brings us together somehow. I don't know who you are, and you don't, but I I know that energetically we will find each other. Uh, either through social media or through listening to this podcast, which I'm sure um, uh, Madeline will share more the information, like uh, the contact information. Yes, I will post that in the show notes for everybody. All right. And that's probably the best way. That's right. Yeah. Amazing. I have to thank you so much for agreeing to, you know, share your story mm. and dive deeper mm. into this conversation. Mm. I mean, I had a slightly different plan for where this was going to go, but <laughs> I said to you before we started this podcast, I go, you know what? The universe is going to speak to us and we're yeah. just going to go with what needs to be said here today. So I really want to thank you for going with the flow with me yeah. and um, for sharing. Can I expose a little piece? Sure. And I just want to tell the audience that Madeline had sent me a list of questions. And so the ego mind of myself is preparing the answers. That's why I try not to send the questions That's out right. in advance. So I had these tidbit notes written in this piece of paper that you can't see, but it's right beside me. And during this conversation, 
I didn't, I didn't even use the notes at all. It's simply speaking from heart, which really goes to show how Madeline is able to connect with the guest and just really going with the flow and creating that conversation that's just really easy to speak to. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I tried to say, you know, because, you know, everybody's nervous when they're doing this. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll send you the questions, but I'm like, please do not script it. Right. No. And anytime people have written stuff down, yeah, it doesn't they've never it. looked at it. Because <laughs> um, I try to weave, you know, weave it in. And even, you know, uh, I'm going to share a little secret. I even also have a list of questions here uh. for myself in case. You know, I have, you know, um, you know, a train wreck in my thinking process and it doesn't seem to happen because mm-hmm. I'm really just engaged with the conversation. I just want to learn mm-hmm. from yes. you yes. and I'm so interested to hear your story that I don't even need to look at my questions and rarely do I ever. Right. But, I, you know, I have that little safety net. Right. right? <laughs> it's good to have the little safety net. That's but, right. uh, but, you know, a lot of this is just really coming through you know, where the heart needs to speak. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've very much enjoyed this conversation. Me too. I feel like we could speak for hours. I know, but but we won't. won't. Not this time. (laughs) So what we'll say is, you know, thank you to our listeners. Uh, Make sure to check out show notes. If you want uh, Karen's uh, contact information, check her out on social media. And uh, maybe we'll do this again in a few weeks from now and explore some other topics. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.